sing this with me. Am I on? Can you hear me? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. When we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Jake, thanks for singing that song earlier. I appreciate that very much. So often when I uh, get to a chance to preach, it's usually my lesson is uh, inspired by some song that I've heard, and that's the truth for today's uh, lesson. My lesson today is on uh, lost and found. I cannot walk by a lost and found box and not stop and look at it. I just can't do it. Um, it may be for the fact that I think every time I go by one, there's probably something in there that belongs to me. For the last 10 years, I've traveled a lot across the United States uh, with my business. And if you can wear it or carry it, I've lost it. I guarantee you. <laughs> Uh, and for a lot of you that, if any of you in here travel, you know what I'm talking about. You just, you lose track of where you're out and what you're doing and what all you have with you. And there's just a lot of distractions that can cause you to walk off and leave something that's of great value to you. And I think the same thing can be said for us spiritually. We can become distracted by things or events, situations to where we just get lost. We just kind of lose our way. Sometimes we get so lost we don't even resemble who we were. I don't know if anybody can identify with that. After putting her grandchildren to bed for a sleepover, a grandmother washed off her makeup, put her cold cream all over her face, changed into old slacks and a droopy blouse, and began to color her hair. As she heard the children getting more and more rambunctious, her patience grew thin. At last she stormed into the room, putting them back to bed with a stern warning. And as she left the room, she heard the three-year-old say on a trembling voice, Who was that? <laughs> so today, I want to talk about how things that are of value to us have been lost or taken away. They can be physical things. and They can be things like hope and joy and peace and acceptance, and love. If you can identify with that, then I, I want you to believe with me that today is a day you can get that back. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that song that we sang a while ago, uh, The Lost Are Found, The Lost Are Found, The Blind Will See, 
the lame will walk, the dead will live. You are God, forever you will reign. And when I was singing that song, I was singing about Aaron. And I was standing believing that he will see, he will walk. Now to say that something or someone is lost, that would have to imply that that thing or that person was once where they were supposed to be. And I believe that God has a place for all of us, a place that he wants us to be. This is one of my favorite scriptures, Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God thinks I'm special, and I think I'm special because God thinks I am, and God thinks that each of you are special. You're special because he's never created anybody else like you, and he never will. You're so unique that nobody else that's ever lived has your thumbprint. Nobody else ever has your iris print. There's never been anybody like you that's ever lived, ever. And there's a reason why that. That is because God made you a special way to do something specifically for him. And he had that plan in place Long before you were ever even born. Jeremiah also says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. This scripture was written about a prophet, but I believe that it applies to us as well. God has a plan for our life. In 19, I mean, in 2003 or thereabout, Honda made a commercial that ran over in England. It was very, very popular. It was called The Cog. I don't know if any of you have seen it or not. Um, but they took a car completely apart, and then they used all the pieces of that car to make this commercial. Now, I'm having some technical problems here, so I have to go outside of this PowerPoint to show you this video.
Isn't it nice when things just work? That's called the cog, if you want to look at it. I did enough research to know that that really is true. It wasn't gimmicks. It, I've heard different, I read different things, but one place said it took them 600 and something tries to get that done. And it was the most expensive commercial they ever made. It runs two minutes, so it's caused them a lot to, to, uh, to run it every time. And it runs two minutes, so it's taken up a lot of my time to show it. But I thought it was important enough to show it to you because I, I want to talk to you today about some of the reasons why I think we get lost. And I think this is a good example of one of the reasons why. That worked perfectly. <laughs> I mean, even though it took them a long time to do it, when they finally got it done, it was perfect. And I think that we get lost sometimes in life because we think that's how life is supposed to work. We think it's supposed to just be perfect. And you may be sitting there thinking, golly, you, who would be dumb enough to think that? But based on how we act when things don't go perfect, you'd have to believe we think they do. I mean, we cry and we moan and we accuse, we point fingers, we complain, we blame because things don't go perfect. And that's just not how life works. Now, I'm not saying that God's plan for our life is not perfect. It is. But we're not perfect. We're who he has to work with in trying to carry out this plan. So uh, we have this my perfectly planned life that we try to go down and live out. And as you know, it doesn't always work like that. So maybe ask you a few questions kind of help you determine if you think you might be lost. Lost. No longer possessed or retained. Lost. No longer to be found. Lost. Having gone astray or missed the way. Lost. Bewildered as to place or direction. Lost. Not used to good purpose as opportunities, times, or labor. Wasted. Lost, being something that someone failed to win. We read Jeremiah 29, 11 a while ago, but we didn't read verse 12. In verse 11, he says he has plans, a hope, and a future for us. But in verse 12, he says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me. And when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found, declares the Lord. The Lord is not surprised that we get lost. He knew when, from the beginning of time that we would get lost. That's why we have a Savior. He clearly told anyone that would listen to him when he walked on this earth that we have an enemy. In John 10.10 10, it says, The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I, Jesus, am come that they might have life, and they might have it everlasting. They might have it abundantly. And then Peter, first Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 8, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone whom he may devour. Can you picture that? Picture this strange event. You're in a race. You're in a 50-yard dash for your life. 
and the starter says to your mark. So you get up and you get to your mark. You, you get up there where you're going to start. And he says, get set. And as you get set, you begin to hear a roaring lion behind you. And he is getting closer and closer. And then the starter says, go! The gun goes off. And off you go. You're running as fast as you can. And you can see the safety line 50 yards from you. Then 40. And then you can hear the lion. You can hear the lion roaring. You can hear the lion gaining on you. And then you start looking around. And as you start looking around, you lose your gait. You lose your speed. You lose your focus. And the lion wins. I think that that is the second reason why we get lost sometimes is because we take our eyes off of the goal. We take our eyes off of the mark that's in front of us. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2 and verse 12 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And verse 12 says, become strong. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall. The race God has set before us. That's God's plan. It's not the race that we have charted for ourselves. I can testify that I have done that a number of times. I uh, will make decisions in almost every area of my life and then ask God to bless it instead of seeking God's will and purpose for something that I'm considering. That's not running the race that God has set before me when I go about living my life in that manner. And it's a straight path that God has set before us. When we get off, it's not because of God that we get off. A couple of years ago, they did a study in Europe to try and determine what it was that made people walk in circles when they get lost. Do you know that? You know when people you know when people get lost, often they walk in circles. So they took people out in a forest and they took people out in a desert and they challenged them to walk in a straight line. And they could do that as long as they could see the sun or as long as they could see the moon. If they had a focal point, a light source, they could walk reasonably straight. But even in the daytime, if it got cloudy and they couldn't see the sun, eventually they would start walking in circles. They took a, uh, they devised this, um, what do you call it, treadmill, the size of a basketball court. And it would move in any direction you wanted to go. And then they blindfolded the person and they would have them walk. 
and you can go online and see this. Just just Google uh, blind people or uh, people walking in circles, and you'll eventually come to it. And you can see online where this person starts walking, and before long, they are just walking in circles. And I begin to think about the spiritual connotation of that and how when we take our eyes off of the sun, S-O-N, how we can begin to walk in circles. You ever wonder sometimes, why do I keep doing the same thing over and over and over again? You know, that's the definition of insanity, is you do the same thing over and over again expecting to get different results. That, that's one of the definitions for insanity. But we, as Christians, need to recognize that one of the ways to avoid getting lost is to keep our eyes on the sun. We keep our eyes on the Lord. We keep our eyes focused on what he has for us, and we will not get lost. Okay, the third thing I want to offer up for you to consider on how you might get lost is uh, listening to a voice other than the voice of the Lord. David understood the importance of listening to the voice of the Lord. David was a shepherd, and he understood the relationship between a shepherd and a sheep, between a shepherd and his flock, and how important it was for the sheep to follow the shepherd. In Psalms 23, read this out loud with me. I think you, we all know it, but I have the words up there. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Amen. Provision. Keep looking at it. Provision. Peace. Restoration. Protection. Safety. Healing. Abundance. Goodness, mercy, a promise to live with the Lord for eternity if we follow him, if we let him be our shepherd. Picture this scene. A shepherd has a big flock behind him, and he's leading them up a steep, narrow trail to which leads over to the other side of a mountain to where there's water Halfway up the hill, he hears something and he turns around and there's one sheep off by himself and that sheep hollers out, Yo, Adrian, I think we'll go, I'm going to go this way. I'm going to follow this other shepherd. It looks easier. So he looks around and he does. He sees another shepherd on the edge of a desert, flat land, and he's leading the sheep into the desert. 
Now, which one do you think is a good shepherd? How often do we choose the easy way? (laughs) The world's way is the easy way. I'm guilty of this um, in leading people to the Lord and trying to encourage people. Sometimes I paint too rosy of a picture. I mean, you can't, I mean, there's not too rosy of a picture you can paint of heaven and living eternity with, Lord, with the Lord. But sometimes in my conversation and in conversations I hear other people have and they're witnessing, you can leave the impression that you become a Christian and you have no problems. All your troubles are gone away. And it could not be any more different than that. Uh, there's nothing, I haven't found a scripture that says once you become a Christian, you're exempt from any problems. Um, and if you can find that scripture, I, I need it. I want to stand with you and believe in believing for that in my life. Um, but it's as a Christian, going back to the verse earlier that said, we have an enemy to kill, steal, and destroy. When we become a Christian, we're a bigger enemy of Satan than when we were non-Christians, trust me. Jesus said in uh, John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. One of the greatest inventions of man, in my opinion, are navigation systems. I love them. I am famous for getting lost in big cities. Um, In pre-navigation days, I was in uh, New York one time, and I went out and met a client for dinner, 10 minutes from my hotel. And uh, we ate, I left, and two hours later, I show up at the Marriott. I get up to the room, and my key won't work. It was the wrong Marriott. <laughs> that is a true story. Actually, it was outside of Newark. But I was all excited when uh, the navigation stuff came about. My CFO tells me about every year, this is how much money you cost us, because now we have to have never lost for everybody. I always thought that would be a cool nickname for the Bible, Never Lost. Wouldn't that be cool? I have a guy that works for us, and um, he's nicknamed the Never Lost system after his ex-wife. He calls her by name. And the reason why he does, he said, it's because she was always telling me what to do, and I never paid attention, and she was usually right. So what do you do when you get lost? Well, I think the first thing you should do is to find an expert. In John 14, 6, said, Jesus saith unto me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh to me except by me. Do you know why the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years? Because Moses wouldn't stop and ask for directions. (laughs) Can't you just hear Sarah? Moses, are you sure this is where God wants us to be? I think we passed that rock three times in the last ten years. That's the very rock you hit with a stick, remember? 
And all those people got died, died. How many people died, Moses? We should ask an expert when we get lost. Even with never lost, I can get lost. And don't do this. I do this. So I'll pull into a gas station, and I'll walk in, and I'll ask somebody who can barely speak English, and they've only been in the United States for maybe two days. I'll ask them how to get to where I want to go. Now, how silly is that? But as Christians, when we get lost, do we not do something just as foolish sometimes? We don't go to our elders, our pastors. We don't even turn to a Christian friend. We'll pick up a book and try to find some truth in it. We'll go to a friend that's not a believer and ask their opinion. If you're lost, you should go to an expert. Jesus said unto me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you get lost, the best expert I know is the Lord. When you get lost, don't panic. Have you, I, I don't know if you ever can remember as a, a little kid. I can remember as a little kid getting lost and panicking. I can remember when uh, Taylor was uh, maybe three and uh, we were in, lived in San Antonio and we were at the Burlington Coat Factory and a big store and they had a coat rack that was, was, it was coat racks everywhere. And uh, all four of my kids were there, my sons, Lauren and Taylor. And so we're looking for coats and crowded Christmas season. And then I can't find Taylor. Nobody can find Taylor. And we panicked. We, we ran around a bunch, like a bunch of lost sheep. I mean, we were yelling and hollering. And then a little bit, she pulls the coats out. Here I am. She was playing hide and seek with us. But you talk about panic. When you get lost, you can get panicked. And don't do that. In Luke 15, verses 4 through 7, Jesus teaches a parable. What man of you, having, an, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he has found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors and saith unto them, Rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Gary, if you could come up here, I was going to ask you to carry me around on your shoulder as an illustration of that. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I mean, I think the same, in the, in the same chapter, Jesus uh, has a parable about a woman that lost one coin of a number of coins. And they were of especially significant value to her. And she called for help. And the neighbors came and looked, and they found what she had lost. And they, they celebrated with great joy about what she had lost they had found. So it's not just someone who's walked away from the Lord that's coming back that can bring joy. It can be someone who's lost something as valuable as their hope or their joy or their 
love or their acceptance or their self-esteem. It can be any of those things. And for them to find that, for you to play a role in that, for them to turn to the Lord and for the Lord to lead them to the point to where they have that that is lost. There's no greater joy than that. None whatsoever. I don't know if you've seen this before, but a lot of people will put up these flyers and posters uh, looking for an animal that they've lost. And as you can see, this is not a typical one, but you can see this wild-looking dog says, Have you seen him? It says, my, name, my dog, Kloss, is lost and very, very crazy. He is off his medication, which helps to decrease his hostility. hostility. If you see Kloss, do not make eye contact with him. He will literally attempt to rip your face off. In fact, I don't want him back. Just call animal control and let them deal with him. There is a cool website uh, about lost animal posters. This was one of the better ones. But uh, when you get lost, if you are lost, uh, this is not how God's going to treat you. This is not how Jesus comes after you when you're lost. You're not going to see a poster like this. Um, The voice of the good shepherd can be trusted. He is never wrong. This can't be said of a lot of voices um, that speak into your life. There's voices that can provide misdirection um, and lead us to disappointment and discouragement. Disappointment and discouragement, that can really, really throw you off. And... Um, this is a, I got another little video here. I'll go out and show. This is my last video. Um, this is a, an animal example of uh, getting discouraged by someone not telling you the truth. Food. You know, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I went to the fridge and I opened up the meat drawer. You know what the meat drawer is, right? Yeah. What was in there? Well, I'll tell you what was in there. You know that bacon that's like maple? It's got maple flavor. The maple kind, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. I took that out and I thought, yeah. I know who would like that. Me. So I ate it. Oh! You're kidding me. Nope. Not kidding. You know, I also noticed there was some beef in there. Yeah, you know, steak, you know, juicy. Well, I ate that, too. <laughs> but I went back to the fridge just a few minutes ago, and I put something together really special. You're going to love this one. I took some chicken. Yeah. I put some, yeah, I yeah. put some cheese on it, and I covered it with... Covered it with what? I covered it with cat treats. Yeah. Then guess what? What? I gave it to the cat. <laughs> Could you come up? I mean, that's that is funny, but life does it that way. 
I mean, how often have you put your hope in somebody or something? And that's, that's, that's what you're believing. They are your Savior. That is your Savior. You get this job. You get this promotion. You get this much money. You get this woman to marry you. You get this man to marry you. You live in this certain type of house. This, this, this. And that's what you build your hope on. And then the world just takes it away from you. Remember that little sequence of all those card pieces? It's, it's not perfect. Could you play uh, Amazing Grace? Come on, play. So uh, I want to just recap as I close here what to do when you get lost. You find an expert. You don't panic. And you start back home. In the story of the prodigal son, there's a father who had two boys. And the youngest one decided he didn't want to be around home anymore, so he asked for his inheritance and off he went. And um, after a period of time, he found himself living in a pig pen, eating with the pigs. And he thought, you know, I'd be better off at home than here. So he started home. And while he was yet a far way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to his father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found. And they begin to be merry. There's many reasons why you can get lost. I chose three. I don't know how many of them you can identify with them. Maybe all of them. Maybe there's some that I didn't list you can identify with. But having an immature view of life taking our eyes off of Jesus and following bad directions, I know I'm testifying. It will get you lost. And to be found, find an expert. Don't panic and start back home. The only place in the Bible that is recorded that God ever ran was in that parable that I just shared with you. He was watching for his son, and when he saw him, he ran to him. The lost are found. I'm going to open the altar up here for a number of reasons. One, if you're lost, this is your opportunity to be found. In the Old Testament, they would build altars. You'd have an altar in your home sometimes. And the 
purpose of that altar was for you to, it was a place where you met with God, where you could worship Him, where you could share your concerns with Him. It's where you could find what you needed from Him. And we call this an altar because it's not anything other than carpet and wood physically, but spiritually it represents a place that you can meet with God to find what you lost. Be it you need to come back to the Lord because you're not where you need to be with Him. Be it that you've lost that hope and you need your hope back. Be it that you've lost a future and you want your future back. Maybe you've lost a child and you want your child back. Anything that you need of the Lord today is a day for you to come and receive that. And then finally, I want this altar today to be an altar where we gather and cry out to God for Aaron. I know many of you have been to his room and you have prayed with him and his family. I was there this week or last week now and I was so moved by the effect that Aaron has had on so many people's lives, including mine, and on his parents. But we were praying over him, and I finished praying. We were holding hands, and I went to let go. And his dad, Mark, said, No, no, we're, we're not through. And I said, Oh, okay. So he looks over at this woman that's in our group playing, holding hands, and he said, I need to know. And Aaron would not forgive me if I didn't ask. But do you know the Lord? Do you know the Lord? So she nodded her head, and he wouldn't let her off. He said, have you confessed Jesus Christ? Did you, have you said, Jesus Christ, you're my Lord? Have you done that? And she said, yeah, yes, yes, I have. And he said, okay. But that is a snapshot of the impact that this young man has had on so many people, including his parents. So I don't know what kind of background some of you come from. I've been to churches before where if anybody came forward, it's like, oh my gosh, I wonder what they did. That's not how this church operates. And, by, and this is totally optional, believe me. But if you feel comfortable right now, we're going to sing Amazing Grace. And as we do, if you just come forward up here at the front and just claim what you have lost and claim in the name of Jesus through our covenant relationship with God that Aaron could be restored. Thank you. Thank you.
for Aaron, just pray and ask God to restore to you what you've lost. Claim, claim what you've lost. In the name of Jesus, it's, it's yours to take back. Thank you, Jeff, for such an excellent sermon. Wasn't that good? Man, so good. Thank you, Lord. Uh, we have membership class here today from 4 to 7. If you'd like to become a member or you're interested in learning more about us, uh, come and spend a couple hours with us this afternoon starting at 4 o'clock. Also, don't forget, lunch at Schlotzky's. If you're going out, come and join us. Continue praying for Aaron and remember to pray for the Johnson family, uh, for the Lord to comfort them. And uh, we'll keep you abreast of the facts 
what will happen concerning her funeral. Can we stand? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Go out and look for someone lost and help them become found.